Blog Talk Radio.
that's exactly where I was at. Yeah. You know, you don't never believe, you always believe your girlfriends, you know? Wow. Make me sick. What? Make you sick. If you only knew how you make me feel. You know, it's all about you, huh? It ain't never about nobody but you, right? Yeah. Look at your girlfriend, that's why they ain't got no man. And you listening at them pretty soon, you ain't gonna have one either. Yeah. Really though. Yeah. Check yourself.
next next frontier, especially for guys that are innovators and um, trailblazers. Exactly, and that's the part that um, so many folks don't quite understand. <laughs> they think folks been been around long as we, I should say we have. We folks go get us a rocking chair someplace and uh, sit down, but to see what what we have to offer and. Uh, is is the wisdom that the youth need to guide them through their obstacles of this of this game called the uh, called the music industry because it's full of obstacles, pitfalls, and traps. And this, I just find it amazing that so many cats still fall for the okie doke after all these years. Well, that's because they have more ego and not enough common sense. Right, and also. The game, the the entry level to the game, the entry fee to the game, has been diminished. Used to be a time you had to have at least four or five thousand cash to even think about going in the studio. Now you just need a laptop. Right, right, and that that is so very true. Lonzo, can we give can we give the folks just a little brief uh, a walk down memory lane? And what I mean by that is, you know, what what got you started, man? What 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 prompted you to even want to be in the music business? Well, you know what. My first love is DJing, man. I've been a DJ most of my adult life since I was like 19 years old. I used to go to the dances at Capitol Park over in Compton, and I see the DJ just rocking the house, and I wanted to do that. And uh, I thought back then that the only way you could be a radio, be a DJ to play in the parks, you had to be on the radio. So I got lucky and got a little broadcast a license, I mean a scholarship to go to a broadcast school. And um, being around all that music, and playing it and just being around all that music, I, I understood the impact that music had on people's lives. Music is uh, something that affects you emotionally and psychologically. People don't understand how, how powerful music is. And once I went to broadcast school and worked with some legends who were into the jazz and R&B and taught me the power of music, I wanted to start making it at some point. But, again, we're talking about the 70s. And the best I could do there is play it. Making it wasn't even an option. And it wasn't until uh, the mid-'80s that I was able to be in a position to go into a studio and start trying to do something. And, again, in the early-'80s, you still had to have musicians. I don't play an instrument per se, you know. I don't read music. I, I got, I'm looking at a piano in my house right now. As far as I'm concerned, it's, it's just something to sit pictures on. So <laughs> a piece of furniture. Piece of furniture, Doc. So <laughs> the possibilities of me, the, the, even the possibilities of me doing this was unheard of. It wasn't until the, like the mid '80s when it started getting music started getting automated, and they came out with drum machines. Till I was, till I, had, I was able to buy my way into the record industry because I was able to afford the drum machines. And uh, I had guys, you know, I had a club. I had studio and I had equipment, and I just became a magnet to guys who had the time to try to perfect it. One of those guys was Dr. Dre, and uh, because I just refused to spend all this money on drum machines and studios and um, not take advantage, I always wanted to be because let me back up. Because I'm a child of the, I was born in the '50s. Because I'm a child of the '60s, I grew up watching The Temptations and Soul Train. I always wanted to be in a group. Okay, because that's something you know most black men who you know, grew up in the sixties and something you want to do, be a temptation or a dramatic or something like that. And uh, when I had a chance to be in a group, especially something I'm paying for, I'm gonna be in this right here. I'm doing this right <laughs> yeah. here. And, yeah. 
Y'all ain't having all the fun without me. So I didn't, you know, I wasn't thinking about the the Barry Gordy angle of the thing. I was thinking of, thinking of it from a from a group member situation. But I had to become Barry Gordy. I had to become Don Cornelius in order to be able to do what I wanted to do. So I, you know, I had all that influence from guys like Barry Gordy, uh, from the record industry, Don Cornelius from doing the Soul Train. But we didn't have we didn't have cameras in my club at that time. So we just did. My own little hood soul train type thing, and I was successful at it. When it came time to go to the next level, I just saw making records as being a next level situation. And I said, I'd be damned if I'm going to go out here and spend all this money and watch y'all have all this fun. I ain't going to do it. So that's how that's how we got to where we are today. Well, is that where uh, the world class wrecking crew came from prior to that? Well, well the wrecking crew actually, my, my original company. My company name was Disco Construction because that was my first mobile DJ company. We'd go out to people's parties, and I, I, I named my company Disco Construction after the 70s uh, disco band Brass Construction. I used to love their music. And I thought that was a cold name, Brass Construction. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to kind of borrow this, throw disco on there, Disco Construction. And while we were doing some gigs, uh, one of my buddies, oh, you Disco Construction, this must be the wrecking crew. And he said it as a joke, but it stuck. And I started calling my guy the Wrecking Crew. And uh, when I right when I got to Eve After Dark, the Wrecking Crew became the infrastructure of the Eve After Dark. And the Wrecking Crew actually became more popular than Disco Construction did. So when I started making records, I started making records under the Wrecking Crew. But then I found out there was a group out of, I think it was Chicago, that was called the Wrecking Crew. They did a bunch of music. They were like the Soul Brothers, uh, wherever that group was with Motown, the Soul Brothers, or whatever the case may be. They were the house band of a couple of record record, uh, I mean, uh, record companies. And I, they, I got a cease and desist letter saying you can't use Wrecking Crew no more. And uh, this was in '94 because I remember distinctly because it was during the Olympics, and I kept hearing this term world-class runner, world-class sprinter, world-class swimmer. So I called my lawyer up and said, hey, man, if I add the, the, the name world-class and mess up the spelling, would that get us past this copyright thing? He said, yes. So that's how we got world-class wrecking crew with no G and uh, CRU. <laughs> that's all right. That's a that's, that's true story, y'all. If you just true joined story, the baby. show, we, talk, we talked to Lonzo Williams. If you want to join the conversation, just press number one on your phone. Let us know you're there. And um, we'd be glad to let you in see what you're talking about. Lonzo, so how did you come? How did they come up with the godfather of West Coast hip hop? Who, 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 how did you get that moniker? You know what, man? Um, you know, people have been, people, this cast has been around me for a long time. And they watched my evolution. You know, they watched me go from a DJ at high, at uh, high school dances. They watched me become a, lo- a young club owner at 22 years old. They watched me bring in Curtis Blow, Ron DMC. When I got uh, when the Eve got shut down because it was just too popular where it is where it was, I moved around the corner to do those. I'm bringing in uh, Climax, LL Cool J, um, uh, the real Roxanne, uh, Salt and Pepper. I'm doing all this right here, man. And then I turn around and, and fire up my own group and start doing my, making records. And we start and we, you know, we just 
we just blew up. And it's like, dude, you was doing hip-hop before anybody else was doing hip-hop. You was doing hip-hop before hip-hop was even cool. And I mean, you're the godfather. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're the godfather. And, and also, when and then I introduced Greg Mack, I brought Greg Mack into the fold, and Greg Mack started doing hip-hop on the radio, and me and Greg Mack was doing so much stuff, excuse me, on K-Day. So I got K-Day um, doing my doing, I'm doing my group, Dre and Yella is doing mixes for K-Day. We got Dudos cracking on Friday. Then we got Skateland, which is right next door to Dudos on Saturday. So we killing it. Plus we on tour. I mean, we doing so much, man. Wrecking Crew just became this, like, household name. And because I was leader of the Wrecking Crew, and we, we, we you know, and then, <laughs> and then we also, back in the day, we was known whooping, whooping a little ass from time to time. Okay? <laughs> you know, and... <laughs> We had to tighten up some attitudes from time to time. So, you know, that kind of situation kind of gave me that godfather, you know, and I was a guy everybody came through, came to. And uh, because also, before I even got to Eve After Dark, one of my last jobs was working for a record distributor. So while working for the record distributor, I I got the, uh, the list of all the stores in the city. In fact, I got all the stores in the city. Uh, all the California, all the uh, Washington, uh, Seattle, uh, Washington State, Nevada, and Arizona. So when it came time to making records, I knew all the distributors. I knew all the stores. So everybody who wanted to make a record, well, now understand this. If you wanted to get into a club, if you wanted to get to K-Day, if you wanted to get your records at the swap meet, everybody had to come to me, okay? Because I had the relationship with the swap meets, records, records, record distributors, record stores, well, don't just buy from anybody. They have to have some kind of credibility because if the record don't sell, they want their money back or at least some new product. So I had to vouch for some of these guys to get them in stores, get them in the swap meets until they got until they started creating the sales pattern and they were able to go there themselves. Okay, I'm the one that introduced Steve Viano from the Rodeo Swap Meet uh, to the hip hop community. Like I said, I brought Greg Mack in. Uh, Greg Mack just got here from Texas. I introduced him to the streets of L.A. In fact, he did my forward on my book. And he tells tells people how I hooked him up and taught him what he got it, what he needed to know to make K Day the big the big station that it became. So when, when he's bringing in acts, I'm I'm doing things to do those. He's giving me acts to promote at be repping at uh, Dudos and Skateland. So it wasn't anything was required in the early days of hip hop being developed that I wasn't a part of. So that's why I'm considered. I, 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 I just didn't make records. I just didn't do parties. I did everything. Hold on there. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I uh, I have another question for you, but I had wanted to while he was on that subject and he was talking about record stores. How different How different do you see it is today um, since we no longer have, uh, you know, record stores and one-stops like we used to have back in there? How do you, how do you think that's affected the industry now in terms of distribution without those outlets? Man, they kind of killing the game because um, back then, if a small independent company like Crew Cut Records didn't have any cash, my, my cash was limited. You know, I was trying to build a record company. I was trying to build a studio, buying equipment. So I didn't have a lot of money for promotion initially. But what I learned from the independent game was you can once you got your records in your hand, the records became money. It was worth money. So a box of records would sell for a box of 50 records would sell for $100 far as for, for promotion, 
okay? You might sell them for 250 but you can discount them to $2 a piece, okay? And you get um, 100 bucks for them, okay? Sometimes 125 depending on who it was and what the records were. So you that product, by having that physical product, you can ship it to a record promoter in San Francisco or Nevada or down south, and they would take that money to the distributors, take them records to the distributors, and convert them to cash and go take care of what they got to be taken care of at the radio station. So by not having that physical product, you don't have that exchange of uh, product to cash to help promote the product, okay? Now, the beautiful part is you don't have to have all them shipping costs that we used to have, have to incur to ship records, okay? But because the game has changed so much and it's um, it's been diluted, you know, People are bombarding the inboxes of radio stations and even uh, record pools trying to get records played. So now you got a backlog of material, and unless somebody got a couple of dollars, they not get no attention. And the guys, these guys with the, with a couple of dollars, unfortunately, ain't got much to say. <laughs> and that's so 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 very true. So artists, listen, you need artists. You need to be taking notes. Whatever you're doing, if you're not texting people to listen to this show, you need to put your phone down and try to soak up the, this game and turn your mind into a sponge. Because this is free knowledge right here that we had to go to school for, and it cost us a whole lot of money to get to where we are today. You know, Lamont, and I'm doing my audio book right now. I just wrote, I just finished my book. I released my book last year. NWA, not without Alonzo. Released in 2016, came out in 2015. And uh, I said in that book, uh, one of my chapters, I talk about the independent game and how we had McCola Records here in California that helped us get uh, our, our careers off the ground. And his business practices cost us a lot of money. And the uh, the beauty of it is he was there for us. The, the bad part about it was he was stealing so bad from us, and we were so dumb we didn't know how to count our money back then. But we had we we had we had K Day, we had the streets, and even though he could, he was stealing from us, we still could go get out, go get some money, even even though it wasn't all the money we had coming. You follow me? Mm-hmm. And guys like me, because I I knew all the distributors. I knew the one stop. I had a relationship with the store owners. I could always go pick up some pick up some cash. Okay, sometimes I had to ship it overnight to a distributor in another state. But as soon as it hit the floor at the distributor, I'd get a, a Western Union, or sometimes they just overnight me a check. So, you know, that game was so powerful back then, and um, it just it just made a different. It was it was a lot different game, Doc. A lot different. Totally, totally, totally. Um, let me do a shameless plug right here. Ladies, ladies, gentlemen, yours truly, me, Lamont K. Diddy Patterson, you're going to see him on How to Get Away with Murder. What, what, what we want you to do, what we want you to do is you could call us and let us know where you've seen yours truly, me, in that show. We'll make sure that you get a copy uh, of Not Without Alonzo. We'll make sure you get a copy of Initial Shock, the Bridget Harris story. We'll make sure that you get a copy of our new single, Hey, Let's Love More. So 
we're going to give away today. If you could do that, we'll make sure. And we might even talk, uh, Alonzo, to see if you can sign a copy for you. If you could do oh, you that. that. Oh, you got and, that. You got that. We'll make sure you guys get those. All right? Thank you very much. I had to throw that shameless plug in, Alonzo. I'm not a problem at all. Appreciate it. Good. <laughs> That's how you're supposed to do it. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about uh, um, uh, your infotainment center. You know, um, I've had six nightclubs. Uh, nightclubs are uh, my my other career. Okay, I've been in the club business since I was 21 years old, and anytime the record business got slow, I'd find me a room to go promote and make some things happen. And about nine years ago, I left the Hollywood Park Casino. I ran Club Hall of Fame at the Hollywood Park Casino for about six years. And they decided to tear it down. They said they're going to sell it and tear it down and do some other things. I was talking to my old old club owner uh, at Eve After Dark. Told him what was happening. He asked me, would I be interested in coming back to the hood? I'm like, yeah, okay. Now, I'm a little, I was a little reluctant. And I uh, came <laughs> back and found out that the love was even more than it was when I left. Okay? And uh, so I've been back there, and now I'm doing, I do an open mic showcase. I call it the Urban Idol Open Mic Showcase. Every first and third Fridays of the month, we broadcast live on Facebook. We also uh, do a radio show from there live uh, on Spreaker. And uh, as you very well know, you were the, the, uh, the guest host this week. And I'm trying to create a platform uh, using today's technology to get some artist exposure. I have a plan for a... Uh, for some compilation albums and do some endorsing of acts. Right now, uh, the distribution game is so wild and so crazy. Um, I don't know if I'm going to – I have a distribution deal in place. Don't know if I'm going to use that one or not. But right. my main concern – my main thing right now is I like to use the power of my name to endorse new acts to help acts get, get recognition. Okay. Lonzo, and, um, can I make a can I jump in here? I just want not to cut you off, man. But this was on my right. mind. I really want I really wanted to say it the other night when when I was at which I when I was at your event. Uh, but you know, artists there, there's not many, and I want to direct this to the artists and to the listeners. You know, there, there's not many venues such as yours that's available to up and coming artists uh, to be able to come on a stage and um, to perfect their craft in front of you know guys like you and myself that paid our dues to be here. And I, I right. just want to make you guys understand that when you get the chance to, to, to go in front of a person such as Lonzo, uh, perfect your craft, practice, you know, uh, take it serious. This is the music business. This is not the music play. You know what I mean? Right. Um, uh, uh, do your homework. Go in the garage. Do whatever you need to do. But when you get up on that stage, I mean, come out, come out like you serious about this. This is not, this is not a joke. You know, if you get ready, stay ready. You never know when that opportunity is going to present itself to you. So I just wanted to kind of put that out there. You know what I mean? And, and keep in mind, there aren't many venues like this. There's not many people like Alonzo going to let you walk up there on the stage without trying to dip in your pocket. So when you get this opportunity, look at that. It's a blessing. Go out there and put your best foot forward and uh, be serious about your work. That's what I want to say about that. I appreciate that. Uh, I noticed the, the pool was tight for the first hour and a half. I was kind of 
I'm losing. I'm losing you, Lonzo. It sound like you you, you, you walk away. I ain't, I ain't budged. Oh, okay. Well, now, I, I the other night, the first hour, maybe hour and 20 minutes of the show, um, the temple was really tight. And then all of a sudden, it's a massive dip. And uh, I don't know what that's so they came in late. The more serious artists came in earlier, got better shots. But uh, you can tell who's serious about this. See, and that's another thing. Because the entry level is so low, you get people always want to try some stuff because they, they 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 have no skin in the game. They have nothing to lose. Let's that, try and be some rappers, okay? You know, and then one that one little crew we had talking about head blowjobs and all kind of man. Come on, man, y'all are seventeen years old. Miss me with that, okay? <laughs> miss me with that. Yeah. You know, you know. I come on, man. And and, I, and as a as a, a artist, nothing as an artist as a producer, nothing uh, is more of a waste of time for me. Is to see somebody get off the bus, okay, with his backpack, and talk about all this money he got, okay? You lying to yourself. <laughs> why are you lying to? You, know, you, you I watch you get off. I, I stood in the window, watch you cross the street, get off the bus, okay? Now you're gonna tell me how much money you got, okay? How much you bought out of control? Don't do that to me. Don't do that to yourself. You're lying, okay? Because if you if you're not gonna be true to yourself, you can't even really put that into your put that in, convince other people. That you really living like that. So I tell people all the time, man, be yourself. Don't be nobody else. Don't try and imitate somebody else. And that's right now, dude. That's all we can have, folks. <laughs> it's really just because we all have. That's almost like somebody hiding, trying to guide your career and direct your career, and they don't even have a car. Right. Right. You know, I, I just, you know, you trying to give me financial advice and you homeless. Come on, man. This ain't working. Okay? Hey, hey, tell you, me... hey, look, they can tell you how to get a cardboard roof and some newspaper for a mattress. Right. That's like, that's like having a fat-ass uh, trainer. How are you going to tell me how to get in shape and your ass out of shape? Okay? <laughs> so keep it real, man. Keep it real to yourself. Be true to yourself first and foremost. You'd be surprised at how far you'll go. And what's really amazing, as soon as, like, a Kendrick Lamar come out, okay, everybody would try and, a lot of, well, not everybody, a lot of people try to, people would try to emulate that style, okay? But that's Kendrick's, okay? Now, you could take some of what Kendrick is doing and mix it up with something else and have your own style, because that's what he did, okay? He grabbed a little bit of Lauren Hill flavor. He grabbed a little bit of, uh, he grabbed a little bit of, the, you know, a little, little, little bit of thug, and they mixed it up in there with some dreads and some spoken words, and he came up with his own his own style. And that's all most most artists, most good artists steal. They steal from other good artists, and they take what they did. They don't they don't just bite the whole damn thing. But you take a little plug out their ass and hey man, I'm a, I like I like the way he he raps his uh, he does his spoken word hooks. I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna try a little something like that with some with some fast rapping or whatever the case may be. You know, it's I like wrong, I like to, I, I like to say that that we we all are a product of our environment, and, and basically that 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 kind of sums it up because they sucking all that stuff in there. You know what I mean? So how they, can right. they say they they truly doing something totally unique to them when they grew up listening to all the music we didn't right. up till they date up to date? Right. <laughs> you right. know what I'm saying? Right. 
Right. You know, the evolution of music, uh, especially from Compton, starts off with Toddy T and Mixmaster Spade, world-class wrecking crew, and they went to NWA, Dallas in the hands of uh, Kendrick Lamar and other folks, and the, the evolution is totally different. I mean, the music is totally different, but it's still it, it's, it's a product of that time as well, okay? And a lot of times people don't understand that. Everybody everybody wasn't feeling back in the day. If if uh, NWA came out in, in 83, 84, they got right off the stage. They almost got right off the stage in the, in the late 80s. People, it took a while for them to feel that shit. Everybody wasn't feeling NWA in the beginning. They weren't. They, 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 they were not a household word in the very beginning. Okay, so you can't you know, handle they, the truth. You can't handle they, the truth. They they couldn't handle the truth. So understanding that, can can the average audience withstand the uh, barrage of uh, negativity that's gonna come their way if they try to change something? And that's what most people fall off at. Most people want to jump into the lane and merge into the lane and try and get 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 whatever go wherever their lane is going, as opposed to hopping in their own lane and staying there, regardless of the potholes and the, and, the, and the fucked up lanes. Stay there, do your thing, and you'd be surprised where you end up. They don't realize that's where the strength comes from. The strength that's is the forged strength in fire. Still, strength is forged in the fire, but if you don't go through nothing, how are you going to ever get it strong? You know what I'm saying? Right, you, you, right. You have to go through some things. You know, you have to pay your dues. There's no way around that. There's no way around that. You know, it's just no way around it. You know what I'm saying? Somebody can give you some well, shit, and if you haven't educated yourself, you're going to lose it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's why I see so many ball players and rappers, you know, forty, fifty million dollars be slinging burgers after their careers over because they're too many partying. You didn't listen to nobody, okay? You had nobody. The people that try to talk to you, you thought you knew it all. It's my money. I spend it where I want to. Okay, fine. Let me holler at you yeah. in five years. Uh, well, I, hey, look, I, I, well. I have to, I have to raise my hand on that one a lot because I was one of the ones that did that shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, hey, I, hey, look. Back in the new birth days, when I got my first money, man, the first thing I did was buy a big house, you know, in Lowerwood Estates, you know, and everybody came up in my circle. That was my attitude, man. You know, you know, and to be an artist, you need a certain amount of ego. Ego is like ethyl, like uh, premium gas in your tank. You need a certain amount of that just to just to sustain yourself through all the negativity. But too much of that, which I had, you know, I wouldn't listen to nobody. People was trying to tell me, I'm like, man, nigga, you ain't got no money. You need to be taking notes listening to me. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, I had one of those kind of attitudes, and. And and when shit changed, you know, when I was messing with, you know, Marvin, everybody know who he is, you know, when shit changed, I lost my money, had to move out of my house and had to come back down to earth and put my feet on the ground and shit, man. And I was thinking about jumping off the bridge because I felt like a big failure and all the people were trying to educate me and tell me something. And I had that, you know, I had to look at that with them, with that I told you so look, you know right. what I'm saying? So right. I'm like, no, you learn from that, man. And from that day forward, man, I've been humble as a mug, dude. You know, I'll listen to anybody, not that I'm going to agree with it, but I will listen to it and try to seek out the wisdom in that, you know. Right. And, and I think that one thing about the success, success of though, when some people get successful, they leave the community. They And sometimes they have to. I understand that. 
but that the, the knowledge that they have gained to become successful is pretty much that ladder of the knowledge has been pulled up behind them. So the next generation is still there floundering, trying to figure out what the hell I'm going to do, okay? How do I do what, what Lamont did? How do I do what Lonzo did? And that's kind of uh, been my thing. When the old man gave me the club back in 1979, he said, look, man, when you, when you make it, you can't pull the ladder up behind you. You got to stay down and give. No, you can't. You you, you got to give back. He said, you got to stay down. You got to give back. Okay, and that's how so many people came came up from my efforts because I was that was part of the deal for me. Okay, I didn't right. sell my soul out. My, my my man said before you you know as you come up, you got to make some other folks come up. But what what what's fun, the funny part about it is though, I'm the only one got that lesson. <laughs> As folks came up, folks rolled up the ladder behind them. Yeah, but look at it, bro. You're still getting blessed every day, though, man. You know, you, you're yes, still sir. being blessed. You're still being, you're still healthy. You got a good reputation out there in the street, and and you know, I know, and even the people that that I help that have multi-million dollar deals today, I know what I did. They know what what I did. You know what I'm saying? And right. I'm healthy, brother. I can't see all that for them. You know what I'm saying? God right. don't like ugly. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. He don't right, like right. ugly. But but what I found out too though, Lonzo, along the way, the person the person that, that we helped the most and the ones that we look to at least appreciate us. Not not even if you know, just appreciate our efforts, our struggle. Our blessings don't come from them, and I think that's where we get disappointed at too, because we expect it to. But mm-hmm. in, 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 the, in the real scheme of things, it don't come from them. It come from a total stranger, somebody that you ain't help do shit. Those are the ones that's gonna bless you. Can I, can I give you a quick story? Sure. Okay, I'm a I'm a club hall of fame, Hollywood Park Casino. Uh, had the club about eh, about three four months. And it was doing okay, but it really wasn't making no money. We had this no jean, no tennis shoe policy. And this is when everybody was wearing jeans. We turned, turned away 150 people a weekend because we can't let them in wearing no jeans, okay? People that were gathered on the floor come upstairs, want to party. They can't come in the club. Stupidest thing I've ever been involved in my life, but that's what it was. Uh, I'm in the DJ booth one night. Guy walks up to me. Never seen him before in my life. And he starts talking to me. Hey, man, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. I like, I like what you got going here. I, it's really a cool little thing, man. I, you know, what's, what's, what's happening with it? I said, my man, you know, right now my money's a little tight. And I, you know, this, I was, I'm, what I'm telling you is an honest to God story, true story. He said, I said, my money's a little tight, man. And um, I'm just, I had the money to really promote it like I, like I feel it needs to be done. He says, no, I, I'm sorry to hear that. Maybe, you know, I'll, I'll holler at you later. About two weeks later, he, called, he, come, he comes back to the club. Called me outside, and and the, um, and the DJ booth was right next to the outdoor to the door that led to the racetrack. We started on the racetrack, and you watch the horses practice stuff like that. And uh, he gives me an envelope, and I said, "What's this for?" He said, "Just open it up." And it was a check. He, no, he, he yeah, it was a check for five thousand dollars. Okay, five G's. Okay, I'm like, "Hey, what's this? What's this for?" I said, "Is this real?" He said, "Very much so." I said, "Man, I can't." I, I mean, dude, I can't make no, I can't afford to pay this back. I don't know if I can pay this back or not, dude. I'm, I'm sorry, man. Hey, I can't take it. He said, man, take it, bro. I do very well in the in, in the uh, real estate industry, and I want to see a, another brother come up 
here's take this five G. And I said, dude, I can't pay it back. He said, don't even worry about it. It's a tax write off for me. Okay. Wow. Gave me five G's like a cheese sandwich. Okay, and that's what got Club Hall of Fame kicked off. People don't do. I don't. And, and one, of, one of the crazy part about it, it wasn't until about a month ago I can figure out the guy's name because he looked me up on the internet and called me to see how I was doing, man. I couldn't th- up, up until uh, about a month ago I couldn't think of this guy's name again because he never came back to the club again. I never saw him again. Wow. Gave me the money. He probably came by a couple more times. And, and pass because he like he like one of my partners, one of my female partners, and um, I couldn't think of his name. I couldn't think of his name for nothing. And he, out of the clear blue sky, one day he called me. Uh, he's in, he, he moved back to California. He called me up. Name was Bernard, and I'm like, and he, he told me that he said, "Remember me?" I'm like, "Nope." He says, "Yeah." Um, back in the day, uh, I invested in your club. Oh, I'm like, dude, I was so glad to hear from this cat, man. So, yeah, <laughs> man. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to thank this guy because he helped me. He helped me when I couldn't help myself. And this is the kind of story right. people don't understand, man. People, you know, it, it, when you when you put your karma out there and you people people see your real heart and you, that you're trying to do something for the betterment of other people, you'd be surprised who's watching you, man. You'd be surprised who's watching you, dude. And yeah, that's, uh, that's a true story. Yeah. yeah, that's a powerful message for all to take the heart and the heed. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, your blessings, the blessings come from total strangers. They don't always come from the family or the person that you help directly. And, and, and I know that's been my my greatest, one of my greatest disappointments is the people that I've helped the most. And I look at them and say, how could they not, you know, remember little stuff? And then I say, okay, I know what's up. I need to just fix me, check me, you know, my expectations. You know, if I can't do it for the right reasons, which I thought were the right reasons, you know, then that kind of stuff happens. Lonzo, tell us a little bit about uh, – sorry, jumping around here. Go ahead. But, uh, tell us a little bit about the Lyrical Revolution, your, your 5013C. Man, you know something, dude. The Lyrical Revolution is just uh, my personal frustrations uh, coming out of – this new mumble music thing, this mumble rap thing, man, I just can't stand it. I'm sorry. I know I sound old. I may sound dated. And to the youngsters out there, when you grew up on lyricists like Rakim, Cool Mo D, uh, KRS-One, I mean, it's hard to just reduce your mentality to accept somebody. Just, you know, I just can't do it. And But I also realize that so many artists don't have any guidance, okay? They have no guidance whatsoever. They're only going by what they hear on the radio, okay? Most of your record companies are run by younger people, okay? So they don't have any experience in the record business. They have a little bit of money, excuse me, maybe some street credibility. And if you find somebody over 50 that's running a record company right now, uh, it's it's going to be a, a blessing, okay? And so everybody wants to go with what's hot, and everybody, most of the people nowadays are just followers of whatever the social media creates to be hot. And I just want to be the anti, the antidote to that, okay? And that's why I say the lyrical revolution. I'm the, I'm the general in the lyrical revolution, and I'm looking for soldiers. It's all about the lyrics. It's trying to bring something 
bring a message back to the music. I mean, here we are in 2017. We're about to have Donald Trump as the president. And the best we can do is talk about Chris Brown and, and Told Your Boy fighting? Come on, man. I mean, that here we are, the whole world, the whole wild, hip-hop the whole hip hop world is talking about Soldier Boy and Chris Brown, two lightweight millionaires, okay, lightweight in the ass, millionaire niggas, and being their brothers, I should say. And all we can talk about is these two fools fighting, okay? Or your record sales that bad, you got to start boxing, okay? People get paid so they ain't got to go boxing no more. But these fools are fighting over a girl, okay, who if back in our day, we wouldn't fight with a woman like that. We'd like, baby, whoever you choose, that's who you roll with. Okay? You know, we don't we we wouldn't do no stuff like that. But I look at both of them. You know, I look at both of them. I remember Chris Brown when he first came out. I used to really like Chris Brown. We had a song Me called too. Run It. In the beginning. I used, to, I, used to, I used to really like Chris Brown. I thought he was a child of the cast. I remember seeing him in a couple of movies. Uh I remember seeing in his songs. You know, he was cool. But now he even got a call up now. He wants to be a he wants to be a gangbanger. He everything that successful people try to get away from, he's trying to be a part of, which I can't understand whatsoever. Okay, I don't understand it. And this just amazes me as a veteran in the game that here in two thousand seventeen the only way to get some extra attention is to make a spectacle of yourself and become something for the media to actually laugh at and the clown. Because they, they make it seem like it's a big deal, but behind closed doors, they're laughing at them. And that's what oh, they don't yeah. understand. You know they, they're you laughing know at them. They're laughing at them, okay? You're trying to maintain your credibility with people um, who really don't care, but on the same token, you laugh, people who care or got the power are laughing at you. So, you know, they just they just toys for the media, dog. Yep, and that, that's really more uh, service to the people, or to should I say our people, because now it's not about the money. You know, now they look at you. Okay, now you got money, so you can't say you know it's a poverty thing. Just like with Kanye, same thing. They can't say it's a poverty thing now. You still you still ignorant as hell. You just got a couple dollars now, and when we get tired of you, we gonna make that shit counterfeit. And it's the same thing. The same thing with. Uh, the housewife situation. You got all these basketball wives and housewives. You got all this money living living the life that women in the hood would love to leave. But no matter how much money they get, they still got to maintain this ignorant attitude, man. That's right. That's just you know that's just that that is that's just that's cooning, dude. That's fake cooning. I'm sorry. That's cooning. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what it is. It's you got money, okay? but, but you're still entertaining us with some ignorant shit. You still haven't progressed yeah. mentally. We can't get right. We can't get past uh, fighting and acting a fool on, and snapping our necks in, in 2017. Come on, man! The, but the people with the money—that's what they want. That's what they want to see, see us do. So if they pay you enough money, that's what they do. They're niggas gonna start tap dancing in a minute. They're gonna be back to tap dancing. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they start wearing white face or black face. Shit. <laughs> well, they go back to Al Joseph now. <laughs> Holly <Yeah>. Mammy. There's <laughs> no is no Yeah, it's a cold cold, cold game out here, boy, and people just do not pay attention like they should. 
bring on the pot. If you got to take a, a, a smaller a smaller percentage to make it happen, don't mess up the opportunity. Okay, you know. And then uh, on the next year, what you got some more strength, then you be in a power position. So find find whatever. And my old man told me a long time ago, find what people need, and they'll always need you. Okay. Wow. That's that's good stuff right there. That's 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 good Fire. stuff right there. I don't know. My, uh, people Bobby, need. Go ahead. Do do we talk about your memoirs or anything? Did we mention that? I mentioned the book, uh, uh, NWA, not without a lie. So briefly, uh, right now I'm working on the audio book. In fact, after I finish this interview, I'm going in back in the studio to knock out some more chapters. I'm doing a very um, Interesting audio book. My, my my audio book is set to music, so as you listen to it, you got some grooves. You got some um, you got something to do, you know you got something to trip on, man. I, again, I love audio books, and that's what I do because I don't have time to sit down and read like I like to. But um, when I and I do listen to audio books, I find they put me to sleep, okay, because they can be so boring, and you know you really have to be into the subject matter to maintain your concentration. And I always thought if somebody put a little, put a little music behind it to make it, you know, you know, because that's how I would read. If I read, when I read, I read with a little, little music in the background. I ain't gonna have no 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 Lil Wayne in the background, but I might throw on some you know some smooth jazz or something just to set the mood. Okay, so that's what I'm doing to my audio book, and um, I'm putting uh putting all the emotion and the, you know I did it myself to the voice the voices the 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 uh, read myself to make sure. That you can feel the impact of what I'm saying, so I'm hoping to have that finished by the end of this month and in, in ready to go by mid February. Where where can they go get your book at now? My book is available on my for autograph copy. It's available on my website, LonzoWilliams.com. If you want to get a uh, just to get a regular copy or a digital copy, you can go to Amazon, look for a Lonzo Williams, uh, not without Alonzo, or same thing with Create Space. Those are the two. Uh, major outlets right now, Amazon.com and CreateSpace. But again, if you want a personally autographed copy, you can uh, hit me on my website, LonzoWilliams.com. I will autograph it and make sure it gets to you. Man, that's great, great, man. Well, I want to wish you continued success, and and which I, I know you're going to do it anyway regardless because, man, you're a pioneer, a trailblazer. And, and I think your gift is, man, opening up doors. And I had to come to a realization myself, you know, sometimes we're gifted to do other things, you know what I'm saying? And I, and I right. think that might be your gift is keeping that ladder where it is, you know, to to help others to succeed, and, and with that comes our, our blessing, you know what I mean? So I think you're fortunate in that aspect. You know, you definitely got a good eye. You definitely know your music. You definitely know your stuff. And, um, you know, hey, I'm proud to be your friend, man. Well, same here, Doug. I appreciate you, man. I really appreciate the opportunity to get a chance to spill my guts on your radio show as well. Oh, man, sure. It was definitely our honor, you know, in a couple of minutes. It's going to be available for everybody, for all you guys that didn't get the beginning of this show. It'll be available, you know, in a couple of minutes for you to get worldwide. Of course, it's going out your podcast, so, you know, iTunes and everybody else is going to get it. And wherever you listen, you're going to get it. And it's going to be on World Movement site. And I'm sure uh, a lot of those people are going to make it available for you to hear, too. It's good stuff, oh, yeah. you know, so... Um, most people have to pay money to go sit out and talk to consultants. 
you know, Alonzo and myself, we try to have an open-door policy to have a forum for you guys to get what we had to pay, hours, dollars, uh, relationships, cars, cats, and dogs, and the sacrifice we've made over years to get where we are. You guys have the opportunity just to turn on your radio, pick up your phone, and get this. And Alonzo has an event biweekly. Um, get in touch with your brother. I'm sure he'd be glad to uh, uh, open up his doors, open up his stage to you, call him, get in touch with him, and uh, I'm sure he'll make it happen for you. And who knows, you could be the might could be the next NWA or the, the the next Prince or the the next whomever. You know what I'm saying? So again, bro, I just want to thank you for taking the time out to come and join us. Um, thank you for having me, Doc. I appreciate it. <laughs> Hey man, that's all. I said, well, if we do, we we can convert some oxygen, baby. We can convert some. We can convert some oxygen. That's what we do. Hey man, listen. Yeah. I'll be glad when they start selling oxygen. That's what they. they, they <laughs> man, people go. People go stop lying, Lonzo. You know what I'm saying? Think about it. If you, if if I gotta go buy some shit to sit up and tell you some lies, I'm gonna stop lying, right? <laughs> right. That's like Chris Rock. If, if, don't worry about the guns. Rate the price on the bullets. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Same thing. Yeah, don't worry about the guns. Raise the price of the bullets. You'd be surprised who's going to stop shooting. So, yeah, well, you, that's a good they idea. Start sell, they start selling oxygen to gas stations. Boy, people going to stop lying. I'm going to lie today because yeah. i got to go pay for some air. I, I, can't, <laughs> I can't afford to lie today. Can't yeah, afford okay. that shit, that'll, man. That'll work. Yes, sir. That'll work. All right, bro. Thanks a lot, man, and I'm going to let you go because I know you're busy, and I'm going to check out that uh, audio book as soon as you get it done. I'm going to make sure our listeners go pick up your book, and uh, I'll see you next week. You got it, Doc. Folks, uh, look me up, The Real Alonzo NWA on Instagram, uh, Alonzo Alonzo Williams on Facebook, and also The Real Alonzo NWA on Twitter. So, yeah, it's all good. I'm quite sure when Lamont shared this link with me, you'll, hear it on, you'll see it on my, on my uh, sites as well. All right. Thanks a lot, bro. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Williams, y'all. Appreciate you. We out. All right. Peace. Peace.
Thank you. 